Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast. But before we get into today's episode, just to a shout out to Campfire Studios, the location where we're filming from today, central part of Auckland, not just a studio providing amazing equipment to record, do videos, but also a community behind them that's trying to build a place for a safe message for all of us to go out, create content, distribute it, and hopefully help people out there at, at the end of the world. Um, but today, my guest, Joe Rackage, one of, I would say, the biggest, one of the biggest online personal trainers in the world. I think 160,000 clients to date, changing the world of the personal trainer. I think majority of people in New Zealand and Australia would have seen you at some stage through social media, through advertising, marketing, because I know you're quite big on that, but also going out to try to make a difference. And Joe, thanks so much. I know you're exceptionally busy you are, an important person you are to come onto the show. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. So, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, awesome, Joe. So let's take a little bit of a, a you know a step back to yourself and your path getting into mm-hmm. you know sort of um, bodybuilding or uh, I think it was men's physique could have been early in your days and mm-hmm. then getting more into it. So take us a little bit back on through your path that got you all into it. Yep. So I've, I've never competed, um, but you know I've always been into sport my whole entire life. You know, mm-hmm. even going through school, I, I love sport. Funnily enough, though, at school, I, I never enjoyed the weights. So yep. when it was weight session, I always forgot my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I think it was just because I was the skinniest kid in the class. Yep. Um, but my mum, one day, she won a free gym trial. Mm-hmm. She didn't want it. She gave it to me. So me and my mates went after uh, school to the yep. gym. Didn't know what we we're doing, just mucking around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we saw other people there that were from our school. So it became like a hangout place. Yep. After the two weeks, I, I signed up to the gym. Again, didn't know what I was doing, so just mucking around. Mm -hmm. But even during that process, just being in the gym, and because I was new to the gym, I started to see my physique change. When I saw my physique change, it kind of inspired me to look more into how I should Mm -hmm. be training and what I should be eating. So I did all my own research, um, started applying it to myself, started training properly, started following a good diet, Mm -hmm. put on some decent muscle, and I think I went through a somewhat okay transformation Started posting these pictures up online. Yeah. Uh, people started asking me for help with meal plans and workout programs. You know, I just started helping them for free. And then it got to the point where there were so many people asking me <laughs> that I thought I can, you know, turn this into a service and turn yeah. this into a business. So created uh, – before that, I became a personal trainer in the yep. gym. Started working in the gym. And at that same time, I built my online business. Um, and the online side so just got – Super busy, mm-hmm. and I grew it through social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> <laughs> and it just got so busy that I went from working at the gym six days a week down to five, down to four, down yeah. to three, and then fully online. And here I am now, <laughs> many years later. It's amazing. Going back, going back to the, the beginning, I, I want to ask you a question: As most guys um, in the um, guys or girls, when you got into it and got into the gym scene, um, and obviously you got a you got a set physique that you have now that you've trained and, and so forth. When you really got into and understood your own body, and mm-hmm. I know anyone that's trained, I, I was in the scene about eight or nine years ago, and I've been out of the scene for quite a while. But there's always that question going: Do you think you have great genetics for mm-hmm. being in the scene? I would love to know what your thought because I know you your from the outside in, you you have gr- you have a great um, build and everything else around yourself. Mm-hmm. But is that um, just totally hard work? But have you got some good genetics that's behind you? Because people always think, do you have the good genetics or don't you? Or do you have to work extra hard mm-hmm. if you don't? So I'd love to know if you feel that you've got good genetics. Yeah, genetics is everything yeah. at the end of the day. You know, I personally believe for building muscle, yeah. I don't have the best genetics, yeah. but I do think I have good genetics for. 
a fast metabolism. Mm-hmm. I just I burn through calories at a high rate. Yeah. I can eat a lot of food and stay lean. Yeah. So from staying lean, I think I've got really good genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss a meal and I lose weight. Yeah. Um, which I don't ever miss a meal, but if it was <laughs> the case, you know, yeah. putting on muscle. I, I don't gain muscle that well. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of hard work yeah. and many years. And if I start dieting, I find I can lose weight pretty quickly as mm-hmm. well. It's just, you know, my genetics. Yeah. Um, so I don't believe I'm genetically gifted to gain muscle. Yep. But I could be have, I could have somewhat okay genetics when it comes to staying lean. Yeah, it's always an interesting one because I know you would have you've gone through it and you need to understand it. Yeah. Most of it does. I mean, as much as I don't look like I've been in the gym for quite a while now, I was like I said six or eight years ago, and I was into it, and that was sort of a question I had to ask myself. Like for me, I've I've always had big arms just naturally, so mm-hmm. I had to stay away from those. I've also have quite a big I, I call it my African ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got big upper legs and uh, and big glutes and that stuff. So I had to realize where those things that were built, but everything else like. Coughs, no chance. Yeah, right. <laughs> no chance in, the, in those in the other areas. But then it was also that understanding of. Um, so, like, I was building up. Um, I was going to go into the physique class. Um, that I spent uh, over twelve months building to yep. the ninety-one kg physique class. Um, I was I was getting massive, keeping the weight that I was able to do that. Um, but then it was also realizing that I looked across the gym because you started looking, and I was working really hard. But I wasn't growing the size of like a lot of the other guys with a lot yeah. less weight and stuff. And yeah. it's always, it is always that dilemma, right? And yeah. I know you're well aware of it. It's like, what are you doing? How's he that lucky? Uh, yeah. And I know yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, it's definitely a challenge from a training point of view, right? It is. And some guys just have really good genetics. They look at weights and they grow. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> and then and the, there's also the strength and power, right? I know you've spoken recently about some of the guys that you were so shocked with power with. And I remember when I was still in the city, I was I was training at City Fitness. I was in there five o'clock. You know, I was really healthy. I was doing three hours a day, morning and evenings. I'd be there at like five o'clock in the morning doing my sort of hour and hour and a half and then again in the evenings. And there was a personal trainer there, uh, a, a really sizable human being, I would say six foot three, both ways solid mm-hmm. and then one day he's like cool come let's do let's do bench together and at that stage i was sort of floating you know 140s 160 kgs on the bench i would feel comfortable about yeah. maybe pushing a little bit above that um if i had a really great day and i was like cool i'm um, hopefully i can handle with him he rocked up 200 kgs to warm up oh wow and, and as soon as he rocked it up i was like dude i'll see you later <laughs> <laughs> i will see you later like i was like you are warming up in yeah. like not even in my PB range, like way beyond, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought I was like I could handle decent, and then then you're like, yeah, he just, he just humbled me without even doing a rep, <sighs> just yeah. doing that, going, I'm gonna warm up on that. I was like, no, no, there's no chance. There's just different levels, and you don't realize until yeah. you realize, eh? <laughs> yeah. So before before I get into the whole business side and everything mm-hmm. else and the rest of it, I still want to stick on to the training side and talk about a thing that I went through personally and the reason why I stepped away from it, and mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people prepared. I'd love to know your thoughts around the darkness, the depression, the real struggles people in the gym scene or weight training scene go through that a lot of people in the public I think don't realize you know um, dropping the calories mm-hmm. your your mind playing games with you um, I went through a stage of like you know ca- calorie counting literally everything down to the the gram and then became obsessive mm-hmm. going to the gym doing everything coming home and then really being depressed that I could have done one more rep I could have mm-hmm. gone one little bit further I should have worked harder and that whole cycle of that I wasn't well aware of it, but once I got into the scene 
and went down the rabbit hole and speaking to people, everyone said to me, hey, it's actually quite common that people don't realize. Mm, and that is, you know, sometimes people just get caught up too much in like the little nitty gritty stuff mm-hmm. and it, you know, it, it consumes them in probably not a good way. Yep. The best thing is just to do what you enjoy and what you feel happy doing. Yep. You know, if you enjoy counting your calories and you enjoy tracking everything and you enjoy writing the weights down that you lift in your workouts, mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Go ahead, do it. If it makes your life harder and miserable and you feel too restricted doing that, yep. then maybe that's not the right approach for you to take. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, your mental health is everything. Yep. So you've got to find a way that allows you to reach your goals mm-hmm. that allows you to enjoy the process. Because if you're not enjoying the process and then um, you're always in the mindset, oh, I could have done one more rep yep. or I could have done this a bit better, it's just going to take a negative toll on you, which is going to set you further back. I think, you know, if you can just always give it 100%, mm-hmm. always give it your best effort. But, you know, if you come short, at least you know that you can be consistent and consistency over weeks, months, yep. years – is always going to beat having a good workout and then a bad workout, you know? So consistency is always going to be key. I think a big thing with me as well was, was training for a competition. So I mm-hmm. had a set date going into it. First time I'm going in and then not realizing and not having the necessary the support compared to um, doing like, okay, cool, I want to be healthy overall, right? Mm-hmm. And just and, and going that. So it's like if I had a bad day, so be it and that sort of stuff. Where with me it was um, going deep down. I wanted to be the best. I looked at sort of the guy's – um, in the amateur scene at that stage, and uh, like I was like, "Hey, I could place." Yep. So I put all of that hard pressure on myself, and it was an end date, and it was like it was coming quicker than you could think, right? Yep. And it's coming, it's coming, and then you, then all that mind plays into it. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I mean, for me personally, I got into I was three weeks out, and I and I bailed. I got wow, in such a yep. bad state. It was nine months full tilt work mm-hmm. to that point, and then I um, I peaked too soon. Um, I got down to. A uh, low, uh, it was something like 12 weeks out, I was at 10%. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, t- uh, 10, eight weeks out, I was at eight. I got down to six to 5%, and I still had a month. Mm. So I was like a week, I was at a week out percentages, and yeah. then I, my mind was like, how do I maintain this level of instability in my mind because I'm not eating enough, I can't, I haven't got the energy, yeah. and that. And then you say to yourself, hey, I've still got a month to go. Mm. And I was just like, no, nah, I've got to get out of here. And it was crazy enough that I actually walked away from the gym uh, at that point for six months. I never went back. Wow! I was yep. like, I just had to totally clear my mind so much yep. um, for six months before I actually finally went back in and, you know, I kept in training for a good few years before I've sort of got to it now where I'm just like, nah, I can't be asked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's almost because you did so much hard work and effort building up to that yeah. that you realize that you're too early and then you've got to extend yeah. that diet. And, and, yeah. And when calories are low and training's high and cardio is high. Yeah. Yeah, it's not sustainable forever. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the biggest thing people be the biggest thing people don't realize is when guys bodybuilders right and physique. Uh, so bodybuilders and the physique and uh, physique maybe not as much, but the bodybuilders when they climb on stage, they are the worst yeah. health ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the weakest. And the weakest, right? I mean, so I got to see, I got to meet Phil Heath. I'm um, doing that time when he came over. Um, you might have, I don't know if you were in that. You were around that time. Phil Heath came over for a private. Um, when he was Mr. Olympia in New Zealand, um, shotgun supplements at that stage, it had something to do with it because I was in the scene. So they gave me a private ticket to mm-hmm. go and see Phil Heath speak. And it was a closed door with all the big guys in the scene and everything. And he had a, and he was chatting through and talking I think about it. might have been there. Yeah, I so think, it was a funny think, yeah. So it's like eight or nine years mm-hmm. ago. 
Um, and I'd met, I'd met a lot of the guys in the scene that were sort of next level top end guys. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to see, but it was sort of and also a realization how far away I was from sort of yeah. where I thought I was good, right? In, yeah. in that scene. <laughs> but he was a sort of a smart cookie as well, because he was the only guy in the um, bodybuilding scene at that end that actually had cop. Uh, not copyrighted, but had bought um, business behind his name and mm. supplements and everything else, right? Yep. Jay Cutler started a little bit, got into Full Heath, and then he took it to the yeah. next level, and then everyone's sort of copying that model now. Because I have to think, you know, bodybuilding, you can only do, I, I can only do for a certain amount of time. Yep. There's going to be a point where you're going to get worse and worse. It's just yep. age, you yep. know? So to have a business behind you... Yep. It just makes so much sense. So, yeah, yeah they're, they've all kind of followed that path now. Their path I now, right, yeah. Because yeah. it was obviously Jay Cutler came into it. He was massive a few years ago across the Snapchat world, right, with yep. all his stories. And then he had uh, – I can't even remember what happened to him. He had his sidekick, the sort of comedic guy that would train with him that was just like a, the village idiot. And so the videos was like Jay trying to be perfect and training and his sidekick sitting there eating like rubbish food on the, on the <laughs> yeah. bench. And it made it like – it was a real great scene. Uh, yeah, and then um, obviously full with the gift um, – and then everyone else tried to follow his model. Mm. But he had set it up so big that everyone sort of still is under his shadow, even though he's not really um, out there competing and so yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah. It's just about building that legacy after you're off the stage. Yeah, totally. Um, so let's come to you a little bit mm -hmm. as well. You know, you always talk about that you're a morning person. Yep. That if you if you screw up your morning, your day's done, right? Mm -hmm. Is it that you're a morning person or is it more that you're a person that wants to start the day irrespective of what the time is in the right foot? Yeah, I think it's actually the second one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, like, you know, if I wake up at nine, which never happens, but mm -hmm. let's just say I did, yeah. I would still be okay with the rest of the day. Yeah. But just getting up at nine, knowing that I normally get up at five, I feel like I'm on the back foot. Yeah. So it's just I'm playing catch up. Mm -hmm. Where if I get up at five – and then comes 7 a.m., and yeah. I feel like I've already accomplished so much stuff, I'm winning. Yeah. So then the rest of the day, it's just easy, and I just I just win, win, win. Um, so I think that's why I like getting up early. I'm not sure if it's I'm a morning person <laughs> or it's just I like you know getting ahead in the day and executing. And that's just what seems to work best for me, you know? Um, but uh, So the people, ever, obviously anyone that's listening or watching, if you're getting up at 5, what time are you going to bed? Yeah, I try to go to bed early, but it never happens. <laughs> That's my problem. Um, so I, I actually try to go to bed at 10, but that, yeah, it never happens. Usually, on average, I'd say 11. Yeah. Um, so you're giving yourself about six hours. Seven yep. hours is preferred, right? Yeah. If if I go to bed, you know, at like 12, yep. then I'll put my alarm at six. Because yep. obviously sleep is very important. Mm -hmm. And still waking up early mm -hmm. and making your sleep less is going to be detrimental yep. than getting that extra hour. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be logical about it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So cool. So let's go back to the business and the personal training and your, your online model, right? So obviously you're massive. Uh, I think it's like over 4,000 um, people follow you on your different platforms throughout. I think the number might, might, might even be larger, 160, you know, 1,000 clients throughout the world. Personal training has been around, the, the online version has been a lot around, you know, in the last 10 years as well. What do you think makes you different to the other PTs that are in, that are almost with you alongside, I don't want to say your competitors because it mm -hmm. means it's in, it's been more aggressive, but what makes you think your, you or your brand is different to them? Yep. 
Um, a few things, I guess. One, I always I always try and provide as much value as I can. Mm -hmm. I'm always putting up value on all these different platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, yep. Snapchat, TikTok, you name it, I'm putting up value. And I'm consistent with doing so. Mm -hmm. Most people do something for two weeks, two months, and they fall off. I've been consistent, and I've been posting every single day on every single platform for as many years as I can remember. Yep. I just, I'm consistent, and I'm really good at being consistent. Consistent providing value over many years has a big effect. Mm -hmm. And also, I'm concerned about actually making sure my clients get results yep. that they want. Well, I think other people are just trying to sign up clients. Mm -hmm. But I know if my clients get good results, one, I get a good transformation yep. to use. Two, they're going to tell their friends and family, which is better way of advertising than me having to tell them. Yep. Um, and it just compounds that way. So... I think that's what I focus on, making sure my clients get results, looking after them, making sure they're happy, being consistent on all social media platforms, mm -hmm. and being consistent at providing value. So not just posting up anything random that doesn't really provide value back it, to the watcher. Except when you've got to figure out what to tell the wife when you've seen a hot call in the gym, right? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, see, that was funny. That was funny, that yeah. was funny right? I'll give you that one. So, But that is value from a comedy level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Oh, so, um, but on the value, I totally agree. I remember stumbling on your brand many, many years ago, and I totally agree – or look, I'll say from the outside in, um, and I'm not a client, just mm -hmm. anyone out there, as much as I love Joe's work, I haven't signed up, um, I don't know, from that point of view, but you've always provided the right value and the, actually the right message. So where I see it, and from my take of it, is um, you're willing to literally give everything for free, and if the guys want more or see more, then they, they, they sign up right. So mm -hmm. if you're doing a, an incline or a leg press and that stuff, you actually, in the video, you will go, this is the right way. Yep. It's not, hey, here's the first two steps, the third step you've got to pay me for, mm. right? And that's where I see a lot of your content. It has been like that in the sense of when you're doing the, the, the shoulder push or um, you know incline, decline, flies, everything. You'll yep. go through the whole process and go, here's everything you need to do. Here's the full step. Here's the motions. Here's exactly how to affect one muscle to the other here's where the challenge is and it is so much value in where you're putting it out there and I think that's from my side where I think is the difference compared to other personal trainers where they're like cool we're going to train and I'll make you prettier and I'll make you bigger or smaller or lose the weight but they're not willing to give almost everything, everything yeah. away right exactly um, and people don't realize is if you give everything away they still want to have access to you yeah. even they know they know everything you know. They still want to go, hey, you said I should do it this way. Am I doing it correct? Yeah. Right? They still want your your endorsement, your support, or your mentorship pretty much. And because the more you give them, the more trust you build with yep. them. And the more trust you build with them, the better connection, better relationship you yep. have. So the more likely they are going to sign up. Like I've got a YouTube video on my channel. It could be 20 minutes long. And yep. I literally go from zero to 100 and explain everything mm -hmm. on how to count calories and yep. how to work out your macros. Yep. I, it's Everything's explained there. You, mm. It's literally – you watch that video and you can go and do it yourself. Yep. I'm, I literally hold nothing back. Uh, uh, that is so true. I, I really enjoyed your video about the 10 things that people don't know about you. Oh, so yes. yeah, that yeah, was a, yeah. I really I quite enjoyed that video, and we'll get onto one or two of those pleats on that one. Just you haven't gone to Nutella yet, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> as much as I want to try it now, I don't want to break be, the video. I don't want to. I don't want to be able to say, "Oh, I haven't had that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyone that's watching the video about the ten things they don't know about Joe Rakic is pretty cool. Uh, that's a really cool twist. I must say, I quite I thoroughly enjoy that. Not just from what it done, and also from the content creation point of view. Wherever your edit is, it was a really good job on that one. Mm -hmm. Thank um, you. 
One thing I also want to find out is obviously, you know, really successful building up the brand. I know you, you speak that you don't have um, any mentors, direct mentors or mm. mentorships to yourself, right? You just take, you resonate with people out there and then you consume their content or their, yep. their education, right? Which is a little bit different from most of us going, okay, I want a mentor. So I want someone to sit above me and guide me. But the question I want to give to you is, who would you have in your ring if you were in a situation right now, who would be the two or three people, if you could pick anyone in the world, that you would have in your corner as mentors if you needed to for the next step? Yep. So anyone in the world? Anyone in the world. Who would you take next to you? So let's say three mm-hmm. people that you'd pick with you to be in your team if you had to pick anyone in the world to be your mentor. Who would you take? Okay. Hard question. But I think I would say probably one, Elon Musk, yeah. um, just because he's so switched on with the world and where it's going and the future and... I think he could provide a lot of value. Two would be The Rock, mm-hmm. just because of his hard work yep. ethic and you know the amount of work that he puts in to achieve what he achieves yep. is second to none. Yep. So to have some of that rub off on me, I think would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Third, th- third person, um, probably Warren Buffett for some um, business, business advice. advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I've got the combination of three, yeah. the business advice, yes. the hard work, yeah. Um, and and intelligence, you know, for the... Oh, I'm, that's pretty good. Uh, funny enough, um, I think I've mentioned Elon's name in every episode in the last three months. So he's definitely <laughs> he's definitely the forefront for most people, whether it's good, whether it's a, a, you know, a good or bad thing. Um, you know, it's, it's quite interesting to see. And uh, yeah, Dwayne, I would love I would love for someone to come out. Oh. How about this? Yeah. You should bring out a video. So go back and bring out a video and go see if you go, I work harder than Dwayne. And you should <laughs> yeah. do like a four-day stint of, oh, he says he gets up at 4 o'clock, I'm getting up at 3.30. And then yeah. do the whole stint yeah. and, and release a video and go, and I work harder than Dwayne The Rock. Johnson. That'll be a good, yeah, good and clickbait. See, yeah, yeah and, see, and see what it comes from it, right? I'm sure yeah, you're happy to yeah. give that a go and see if he, he interacts with that. Um, but also a big thing about your business. I mean, obviously a couple of years ago, um, keto became was mm-hmm. up and down. I mean, talking about macro at the moment, counting the calories and things. In the in the scene as um, as a health provider, educator, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. What's your sort of views on the trends, the up and downs, and that sort of stuff that we see every? I mean, 12, 18 months, two years, and you know, there's the lemon diet and the cinnamon, I don't know, all the other bullshit. What's your sort of views on those trends that come and go? Yep. I think the best diet is the diet that you enjoy the most, mm-hmm. that you can stick to, that's in line with your goals, obviously. Yeah. Now, that can be could be anything. But something like the lemon diet, where you're kind of starving yourself mm-hmm. and not getting your calories, obviously that's not good. Yep. You still need your calories to fuel your body. With my clients, I I have keto diet, I have non-keto diet, I've got high carb, I've got low carb, I've got vegan, I've got vegetarian, I've got many different options. Mm-hmm. And I let my clients choose what diet they want. At the end of the day, if they want to lose weight, it comes down to calories in versus calories out. Yep. You're going to lose no more fat on a keto diet versus a diet that has carbohydrates yep. if calories are equal. Yep. Calories in versus calories out is equation. It's just finding the best diet that helps you achieve that. The reason I push and promote keto so much is because it has so many benefits. And for most people, believe it or not, it's actually easier to adhere to. Now, I'm not doing keto myself. Mm -hmm. I'm actually a very high carbohydrate guy, (laughs) carbs every meal. 
Um, but, you know, I'll do keto every now and again when I want to just get really lean. Yeah, because I was going to say, you shrink on keto, right? Yep. Quite quickly. Yep, I, I very remember, quickly. I remember the last couple of years, you've done a few stints and you've mm-hmm. literally, it's, it's not been like kg or 2kg, it's been quite a, quite yep. a shrink, right? Yeah, shred up really, really yeah. fast. Now, the reason I think, or the reason I push keto so much is because it has many benefits. Mm-hmm. When you sell a diet that's just a, a diet that's a calorie deficit, it's not like, there's nothing special about yep. it, even though it works exactly the same. So keto has so many benefits. If you're in a ketosis state, for most people, they find they've got better mental clarity, mm. um, they're more productive, they're more focused, the energy levels are constantly high and sustained. When you have carbs, you get a spike, and then you feel mm-hmm. lethargic. You get a spike, and then you feel lethargic. Keto, your energy levels are high and sustained. Also... When you're on keto, you're not consuming any carbs, so your mm. insulin levels are low. Yeah. So your body flushes out salt and sodium. Sometimes you lose three or four kgs of water in the first week. Yeah. Yes, it's water, but seeing the scale drop three to four kgs in the first week, mm-hmm. it's so motivating. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I've lost four kgs. I'm going to stick to this diet. <laughs> so what happens? Yeah. They stick to the, the diet. diet. Yeah. <laughs> Where a normal diet that contains carbs, they don't get that initial water loss, yeah. so it's not as motivating. So it's easier to cheat and to mm-hmm. fall off. Also with keto, there's a really strong line in the sand. And I believe this is why I have better adherence. Um, I've had over 170,000 clients join my subscription app. Mm. My clients on keto have much longer adherence rates than the people that don't do keto. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why. If you're on a diet that contains carbs, the weekend comes around, your friends go out for dinner, yeah. you end up getting burger and fries. Yeah. Maybe you're at a party, there's some chips on the table. You'll just grab a few chips and yeah. it's fine. But once you've grabbed a few chips and you've broken your diet, yeah. the rest of the day is broken. <laughs> On keto, what happens? They go out for dinner with their friends. They get a steak and butter because they want to stay in the ketosis state. Yeah. So if they get offered burgers, oh, no, I can't have that. I'm, I'll get kicked out of ketosis. Yeah. They're at the party. Here, here's some chips and some nuts and some donuts, whatever. Oh, sorry, I can't have that. I'm, I'm doing keto. I will get kicked out of a keto state. Yep. So they actually stick to the diet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need strong rules to actually adhere to something. Yep. So I think that's why they get better results for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's more of that line in the sand. You're literally removing a whole <laughs> macronutrient. So yep. there's strict roles and rules, and that makes it easier to adhere to. But, you know, if you don't like eating bacon and eggs, then, like, Keto is not for you. Mm-hmm. You can still get the exact same results on a diet that has carbs. So someone that's more into it, mm-hmm. is keto not the same as what Atkins used to be? No. Keto is focused on more fat. So you're really trying to get a high fat intake in mm-hmm. your diet. Majority of the calories coming from fat. Yep. So on a normal diet that has you know carbohydrates, mm-hmm. your body's running off carbs and glucose. Yep. The keto diet... The people that do the keto diet wrong, they just remove all the carbs. To do the keto diet correctly, you have to have your protein moderate Mm -hmm. and your fat very high. So your fat is now your new energy source, Mm -hmm. and your body is running off fat and ketones. Mm -hmm. On the Atkins diet, that's not really the case. So keto is quite a bit different, Mm -hmm. and you feel a lot different when you are in a ketosis state as well. 
Interesting, yeah, because it's from the outside in, it looks and sounds very they similar, are right? Similar in a way, yeah. In, in, in the fundamentals, that compared to someone going over to uh, the vegan diet and mm-hmm. so forth. I mean, um, a couple of years ago, the last time I went over to Vegas, me and my wife before COVID, used to try and go to Vegas once a year and stuff, mm-hmm. and which is sort of the drive of getting into a decent body. I went and did a 90 day stint actually um, on a vegan diet, yep. and it was one of the first times. It was one of the hardest diets to maintain. I, that's what I, I was, was going to say, yeah. right? It was ex- the wife hated it because to give – growing up in South Africa, we didn't grow up in vegetables. We grew yeah. up in meat and potatoes. So to make a veggie dish that I would enjoy was quite challenging. But it's funny. It was one of the diets that I felt almost the best on. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. I had the most energy, lost the most weight quickest, and felt amazing. But it was exceptionally hard, mm. again, to maintain. So that's why I did it, went overseas, had a great time, and got back. And then you're like – like you said, is are you enjoying it? Um, I enjoyed what I looked like and what that, but the the lifestyle wasn't wasn't, yeah. wasn't great to keep. Uh, it was more expensive because you were buying veg compared mm-hmm. to buying other options. So it was it was an interesting one to see each one of those sort of different ones. Almost more preparation for the vegan diet as oh, well. Oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, the wife was spending an, an hour a night to do it because, like I said, because I wasn't raised on as much vegetables. Like I wouldn't just go and take a, the salads and the veggies. Didn't like a half the veggies. Yeah. She had to really think of really cool dishes that I would actually enjoy and mm. consume enough of it because I was training at stage that would actually benefit me without actually putting my body into like a starvation mode, which means yeah. nothing's going to happen, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Just holds on for dear life. Yeah. Interesting. And, you know, I think that's a good thing to always change diets, yeah. you know? Um, like you're not going to do one diet for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, I think change is good. Yeah. Um, and that's why sometimes I go keto and that's why sometimes I'm very high carb, the complete opposite. Never given the vegan or vegetarian diet, but maybe one day, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think changing is- You like is- your steak too much. Yeah. You're, you're chicken. <laughs> That'll be hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the hardest ones. Um, but I got introduced again to, um, you know, the, the the Asian cuisines that's built around, you know, vegetarian and vegan, is, uh, mm-hmm. vegan and that stuff. So I got introduced to a whole lot of dishes I never knew before when I went out. Some of them I still eat today because they're yep. actually nicer and so forth. You know, the in the Indian dishes that a lot of them don't utilize meat. Mm. Um, so that's where I got introduced to, uh, introduced to that. So it was quite cool. Um, but one thing I want to find out at the moment, obviously with your, with your your size of your business at the moment and sort of achieving the um, the maximum um, success you have where you're going at the moment is where, where's where's next or what's next mm-hmm. from sort of almost hit the like the threshold of a success within New Zealand and that what's the next step for yourself? Yeah, just want to keep growing and keep expanding. So. Yeah. Um, with my own fitness app, mm-hmm. we've helped 170,000 people worldwide. Yep. The goal for that app is to help more than a million people worldwide. Mm-hmm. Now, I also own another company. You might not be aware of this, but I own another company called Macroactive. Mm-hmm. What we do at Macroactive is we build websites and we develop mobile fitness apps for online trainers like myself. Yep. Um, we build them a website, we build them an app, and then we help them grow and scale their business. Mm-hmm. We've got over 600 trainers on our apps. And we've got over 600,000 end users. Mm-hmm. Um, so my focus is to work on both businesses yep. and just really help on a mass scale, you know, change the world in some way and get more people into fitness and more people feeling better about their body. Yep. Um, yeah, because I think it's just a positive thing overall. Feel better, look better, and then you just push better energy out. And um, also you've got something called the Millennia 101 Blueprint. Yep. So mm-hmm. what, what's that about? Yep. So I used to get endless amounts of DMs, you know, um, I want to start an online business. Can you help me? This, this, this. So I thought I may as well make a course 
that pretty much explains everything I have done over the last 10, 12, 15 years and what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me. Mm-hmm. Making money via social media, making money without social media, setting up a business, email marketing, Facebook ads, drop shipping, affiliate marketing, you name it, I've pretty much done it all. Yep. Um, so we've got, I've got a lot of experience in it and I just thought I'll put this all into a course and then it's available for anyone. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I know we spoke about off air, um, off air and stuff like that. So at the moment, you got a you're a big fan of Dubai. I know you go there. With love my, Dubai. I love Dubai. And currently, your consideration is actually shifting over there permanently. Yep, correct. So, born in New Zealand, lived in New Zealand my whole entire life, uh, and I'm not sure why. I think I just got stuck. My friends, and my family here, so that's mm. important. But I feel like I almost just got stuck in a box. Mm. Um, so. I love Dubai. I think Dubai's got so much more opportunities for yep. me. It's a better place for me to network, connect with yep. people, collab with people, create content, and just level up. So I made the decision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Dubai in January. Um, and I, I think it's just so good for me and my business, just for personal growth and business growth, that I couldn't really have that opportunity or these those opportunities mm-hmm. here in New Zealand. Here in New Zealand, we're kind of just so far away. Dubai is almost like the center of the world. So there's so much people in the fitness industry always coming through to Dubai. And they stop there and they go to Binos Gym and they train. (laughs) So it just allows me the opportunity to connect and collab and create content and get more exposure. New Zealand, we're way away from everything. So no one comes here. But if I did live in Dubai, it's also easier for me to travel places. If I want to travel anywhere from New Zealand... I've got to travel somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think it's, it's as, as well as sort of it's a real humbling place? Yes. You know, you know, it's that whole view of like to anyone. So let's say, for example, the first humbling place person would ever experience is when they go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. You think you've got money and you go to Vegas and you realize you don't have money, yeah. right? And then I think the real humbling, the most humbling place in the world would be the Middle East, right? Oh. Uh, Dubai and that stuff. So you, the, you, you can never expect or think that you can play in the top tier no matter where you're coming yeah. from. And I'm wondering if that's also a big thing for yourself to drive you, mm-hmm. you know, is that, yeah, you in New Zealand you can be, you can feel that, okay, maybe I'm at the top of the top of the ladder, and then you get over to Dubai again and you go, oh, actually, I'm like, I'm on, I'm on step one, yep. right? But because of the person that you are, that's going to drive you going, hey, I want to I want to get at least a couple of steps up. You're yep. never going to get to the top tier in Dubai, right? But at least a couple of steps up that allows that uh, that bigger opportunity for yourself. So true. And that is the exact one of the exact reasons why I'm going. So yeah. Even from a physique point of view, yeah. like I don't want to give myself a big head or a big ego right now, but here in New Zealand, I feel like I'm kind of muscly, yeah. you know, <laughs> more than most people in the gym. So I feel good. But it doesn't like push me to go any higher, yeah. you know, because I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> when I went to Dubai, the average people in the gym were jacked. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but also here in New Zealand, again, I don't want to give myself a big head, but I feel like I have done okay for myself, yep. you know, Lambo, all that. Like I feel like, yeah, mm. well, I'm, I'm doing good in, in New Zealand. I move over to Dubai and I go to the gym and outside the gym there's Lambos, Rolls Royce, yeah. Bentleys, Ferraris. And, and not, the influ- not the influencers cars. No. <laughs> Everyone the there has ones. money. Like yeah. I, I met a billionaire there. Yeah. He had $100 million in cars, three <laughs> Bugattis. And I'm like, yeah, these guys are another level. <laughs> yeah. What's also crazy is people in Dubai, I feel like they've got so much money, as crazy as it sounds, I feel like some people there have so much money, they do businesses not to make money, 
but to be like, I've got the best gym. Right. I've got the best this. Irrespective of what they, it, they yeah. do things yeah. for status. Yeah. It's not about making money yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's literally just about, yeah, I've got the best gym here. Yeah. That's all so then, so as then as the end user, you've got amazing opportunities, right? Because they're happy to lose money for your benefit, yeah, pretty much, yeah. right? So come on over and experience all that sort of stuff, and it's just uh, just the next level. Yeah. I know a lot of people that I've gone through have done business. I've, I've got family that were there for a few a good a, a good few years, running companies out of there and stuff like that. And they, yeah, and they all said it's just extreme next level, different way of way of life and thinking over there compared to anywhere in the world, pretty much. Yeah, and. It's a place that attracts the wealth as well. Mm-hmm. So more and more wealthy are going there. Like they don't have no tax. Yeah. Um, here in New Zealand, I pay thirty nine percent tax. Yeah. So I, I lose just a lot of my money that I earn. Yeah. But the reason they've got no tax in Dubai is because it attracts a lot of the wealth. Mm-hmm. So someone that's earning tens of millions or hundreds of millions, you know, for them to save tax is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense to set up and base himself in Dubai. Yeah. So that just brings so much money into the country. And I think that's how they get around paying no tax. Mm-hmm. It's because it attracts the wealth from all around the world to come there. Yeah, totally. Um, at the moment, just before we end off today's oh, today's episode, oh, Joe, I just want to see, is, is there anything else you've seen sort of um, in the space or in your scene that the audience might uh, be interested in around around the, the fitness or something else or even the, the social media side of it? I know you're not as heavily involved um, in the social media side, you've got a full crew that manages that. But is there anything you've seen that someone might pick up from and what they need to pay attention on? Let's say, okay, cool, on the one side, the health, and on one side, maybe if they've got an online presence of business uh, on that and sort of so two mm-hmm. questions pretty much. Yep. So when it comes to, you know, the online and the social media stuff, I've got a team that helps me create and do it all, but I do all my postings. Yep. Every platform I post, I write the captions, I upload the video. And I do that because I like that and I enjoy that. Now, I think most people get burnt out mm-hmm. because they're always trying to create content um, and they're always trying to create something new. But what I do, the way I've kind of approached it, is I've got no schedule, I've got no plan, and I just pump out as much content as I can at a time so I can bank it. Yeah. So a lot of these people that I find that, that do tell me they get burnt out, it's because they've got a posting schedule, they've got... Um, they've got a plan on when they're posting all this stuff. Um, they're filming content all the time. Mm-hmm. And that almost becomes like a job and yep. a chore. So what I do, I literally get with my camera guy. We go into the gym. We might film two YouTube videos, and we might film 15, 30 TikTok videos. Yep. He goes away. He edits them. He sends them all to me. I put them in what I call my bank, yeah. uh, just a folder. And then any time, whether it be first thing in the morning when I wake up, middle mm-hmm. of the day, when I'm lying in bed about to go to sleep, I can check up a post whenever I want, yep. whenever I feel like it. I'm doing it on no time mm-hmm. to reach the most audience. I just do it when I feel like it. And I think because I do it like that, it allows me to enjoy what I do and it allows me to be consistent for a long period of time. So right now, I probably have maybe 50 to 80 videos, TikTok videos mm-hmm. and reels that I haven't posted, maybe a hundred pictures that I haven't posted. Mm-hmm. And they're just in my bank. If I go overseas, I'm going to the Philippines in a couple of days. Yep. Um, you know, I'll get lots of pictures over there. Yep. They go to my bank. Mm-hmm. And then I post it up whenever I want. That's what helps me. It may not work for everyone. You some people might like the schedule and the mm-hmm. structure. But for me what makes me enjoy it is just continue 
getting content, banking it, posting up as I feel like it. And that keeps me, I think, you know, just mentally good because I enjoy what I do and I'm not under any pressure. Yes, it's true. A lot of people I do realize that have a schedule, even in the in the podcast world, right? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are like, cool, we're going to do a podcast every Monday, 5 p.m. it gets released, or every Wednesday at 8 o'clock it comes out. And you would find out uh, that they sometimes are the most under pressure because if you've made an audience expecting a time frame for a delivery yeah. and then life happens yeah. and, and all your guest cancels, what do you do now, right? Yeah. So that's the sort of stuff that it's with mine is like there was a stage of I considered – Trying to be, you know, active, but never making myself that it's that it's an expectation mm. because that expectation yep. becomes really hard on yourself. Of oh man, at ten a.m. on a Monday, I've got to post. At Wednesday at five p.m., I've got to post. I've got to do this, and like yep. you said, it becomes a chore, not actually enjoyment part of the process. Yeah, so true. Yeah. <laughs> Locking yourself into certain times, it can be good, but yep. it, it can take away a lot of. Almost your own freedom, mm-hmm. because like if you have to post up at ten a.m. on a Monday, but you know you, you had something else on, yeah, it's or, six sixty on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoy being flexible, and that's what works for me. Yeah, but a, but a lot of the but I'll just take a bit of a step back on that. Mm-hmm. You've got the flexibility now because of the hard work you did in the beginning, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. So I know a big thing that you spoke about is that in the, in the beginning stages, you did you were very aggressive and very. Um, out there putting out all the value and the education for all that hard work that you now can have the freedom. Yep. So it's just something to realize for the audience is that um, Joe's got a little bit more freedom than some of our beginning content creators. So you don't have to go and put the schedule on there, but you might have to just be a bit more, you know, more active and do more content to get that stability mm-hmm. uh, and that foundation and then having the freedom to go off to that yep. sort of stuff. Because of obviously a good few years of uh, quite a few years of the hard work allows you now with your audience to go and do what you feel right that works for you, not hey, having to feed that, I call it the cookie monster. You don't have to feed the cookie monster yeah. to keep coming <laughs> yeah. back, right? That's it, yeah. You know, and like the podcast scene might be a little bit harder because you kind of want to have the podcast fresh and then kind of put it up. Yep. Um, you, you could film five podcasts in one day. It'll be a hard work, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then you've got five weeks worth of yep. content. But then again, at the same time, if, you know, you're filmed, leaving it for five weeks and it's a podcast – it's so podcast scene is a little bit different. Yeah, I know a lot of people. So if I've got anyone that are coaching the podcast game, I don't allow my students to do anything more than a couple of weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID taught us that. Yeah. Um, the COVID economy, the war, Ukraine, um, and the reason being is if I go and produce content, let's say if we're not do, talking about, say, example, business or health and stuff, we're talking about the economy, and I record one with a finance manager and. Um, um, the, uh, we missed, We did it a month earlier from yep. inflation and announcements and something happened in the US, and you don't talk about it on the show, but yeah. you release it in that time frame, people are going to say you're not being respective to what's happening in the yeah. audience, right? Yep. So, for example, if we recorded this a month out and, and within the month of me waiting, one of the bodybuilders or someone dies on stage or one of the big personal trainers or, you know, something happens and we don't really touch on it, we're not we're not being realistic to the audience that's out there, True. and that's one of the big risks yep. of uh, in the podcast world. Um, with with you and the education of training, 
by all means, you can go six months yeah. out because how to grow, <laughs> yeah. how to grow biceps, how to grow a bicep, right? And how to do how to do calves when you got small calves like me is that's going to be the same mindset so, yeah. all the time, right? <laughs> um, but that's where you got to be res- you got to really resonate with your audience because I've met people that are like, cool, I've got ninety, I've got three months of content, and their stuff can be affected by the real world, by the real world, and 100%. and then you got to really go, is it of any value? Like I, I've only ever recorded two podcasts that I never released. Mm-hmm. I went and recorded this young girl that became TikTok famous, and I thought it would be awesome, um, and then realized she had no idea what she was doing behind a camera because she was just mimicking half the shit. Yeah. So I packaged that and went, no. And then I, and then I recorded a guy, uh, an episode, and he was the travel influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the ones that I realized how it was impacting. So he was the guy that traveled around the world and would get free hotels and free limos and stuff because he would bring his friends around, right? Yep. That old travel influencer hack of three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I recorded it and then left it to release it like a month later. And as I left it, uh, COVID hit. And I was like, well, I can't <laughs> yeah. really release it now to say, oh, how yeah, can you travel the world and get all these free things when COVID hit? And yeah. that was the, sort of the, the, the light bulb for me going, I've got to be, if my content, or my, my my business is can be impacted by the world. I've got to be as close to the timing of the world yeah. uh, when I'm doing it compared to where I, if I'm doing stuff that doesn't get impacted, I can then package it and wait for it as well. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so it depends on it depends on the content, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, last thing to you at the moment, uh, Joe. Before we end off, is there anything to leave the audience with from a health point of view for them to think about, consider about at the moment if they're struggling or you know, or they don't know where to go and take their next steps? What What would you say to them? Yep. Um, yeah, I guess you know, mental health is always the most important. So mm. don't put pressure on yourself. Um, you know, you you can be. It's sometimes it's good to never be satisfied because yep. it always keeps you hungry and it always keeps you driven. You can be proud but never satisfied. But I think if you just focus on doing what you love and loving what you do, mm-hmm. for the most part, you're going to be okay. Yep. Um, if you're doing something for not yourself but to try and impress someone else and you don't like the journey, you don't like the process, that's when it becomes hard, that's when it starts bringing you down, and that's when you feel like, you're not really doing it for you. Mm. So just be true to yourself. Focus on the things that you love, that you enjoy. Try and provide value because by default, they will actually make you happy, giving mm-hmm. value to other people. Um, and if if you do that, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for that, Joe. And to anyone out there at the moment that wants to reach out to you, where's the best place? How can they find you um, for your details or want to learn more? Yep, I'm everywhere online. <laughs> um <laughs> So just search my name, Joseph Rakic, um, yeah. on any social media yeah. platform. You'll you'll find me. Easiest is probably through Instagram. Um, so yeah, J O S E F R A K I C H. Awesome, thanks for that, uh, Joe. And to everyone else, um, firstly, big thanks, Joe, for coming on the show. It's amazing to be able to talk to you. Like been following you for many, many years, and seeing what you're doing, and it's a real inspiration. I hope you've built it, stayed true to what you are. I think that's also one thing that resonated how true you've stayed to where you were. You know, eight, ten years ago to where you are now from a brand mm-hmm. point of view, and, and, it's never, and it's never changed. So, thanks for that. 
Um, and to everyone else uh, that's coming over to the Wolf of Queen Street, I hope you resonated or picked up something from Joe. If there's something from today's episode that, uh, that's important to yourself or to someone else, please feel free to go and share it to them, send it to a friend, because a big thing for myself uh, from my show is I don't ask you to, you know, like and subscribe to this. It's not important for me. I don't I don't care about those things. What I care about is that this message goes to people that actually need it, that might need it from a support, from a learning um, to help their, their business, their career, maybe their, their health as well. And that's what's more important to me than uh, my subscribers numbers out there at the end of the day. But uh, again, thanks, Joe, uh, for coming on the show. And to everyone else, stay beautiful, still stay powerful. Until next time, see ya. And thank you very much for having me as well. Awesome. <laughs> cool.